Welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators, people. Today we're joined by a very special guest, Whitney Manny, who if you've ever seen the ConvertKit website or one of our ads, then you might recognize her. She is a fashion designer and a textile artist from KC. And it's here today to talk about how you can have a successful creative career when you don't live in like one of the main creative hubs, like in New York, like in LA, like London, even those sorts of places. Yeah. Winnie's a great <laughs> example of this. So yeah, we're going to get into talking about that today. And this is something that I'm looking forward to talking about because I mean, I come from New Zealand. I don't know if you knew that Whitney, but right. we're a country that is definitely not considered a creative hub on the world stage. Like we're often left off of maps, even sometimes we're so small. <laughs> So <laughs> some good wool comes from New Zealand. Merino wool, baby. There we go. Yeah. Normally people think of like Lord or Lord of the Rings, but of course the fashion no. designer would think of wool and Merino. The fibers lady. Yeah. I yeah. think wool, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We're also joined by Miguel today. Um, and we will be talking to Whitney about this idea of being successful outside of a creative hub. But yeah. before we dive into that, let's do our usual. Have you heard? Miguel, what have you got for us today? What's happening in the creator economy? Okay. So you may have heard of Giphy, right? I use it regularly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, is it's basically a website, I guess, but it's also it's more than that. It's a kind of a GIF search engine mm-hmm. that allows you to easily put in GIFs into like things like text messages or just, you know, you can go online and find the right GIF that expresses what you're trying to say. Well, you may or not have remembered that like two years ago, Meta, then just Facebook, okay. bought it. And then they didn't like do anything with it. They just kind of own it. And then they haven't really changed or integrated it really in any way. So that acquisition actually apparently is something that is still in limbo, even though they bought it two years ago, because there's like a new court ruling in the UK that puts that acquisition into question. What? Yeah. I didn't know they bought it though. I must've missed that. Me neither. (laughs) Yeah. $315 million acquisition, which is funny because, because Giphy wasn't even monetizing in any way. Like they weren't, they they didn't have any ad revenue. They were just a thing for a while. They were trying to figure out how are we going to be profitable because they were just, I actually, I met the founder once at a meetup at a, when I was living in Seattle and he's like a really cool, like, you know, pretty nice guy. And everybody in the audience was like, when he was doing a QA, was like, how are you guys going to monetize this? And even then he was like, Meh. well, it turns out getting bought out by Facebook is a really good way to make like a quarter of a billion dollars. So fair play to them. Not a bad trick. <laughs> they might have to force Meta to rewind that acquisition two years later because I don't know. That's crazy. The details as to why is a little murky. Is it like a monopoly situation? They said that the deal would lead to a, quote, substantial lessening of competition. So, yep, you hit the money on the head. Monopoly situation. There we go. Yeah, because I'm like, what is a competitor for Giphy? Anyways, even before, even pre-meta ownership. Google image search. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Cause I feel like where they have integrated it is in Instagram stories, right? You can mm-hmm. add a GIF in there. I made some convert kit GIFs and I got them into Instagram by uploading them to Giphy and like mm-hmm. tagging them with convert kit. So now you can uh. go on Instagram and type convert kit and find them. Little hack if you want some cool animations um, to use. I know I need to do that. I, <laughs> I want like some WM gifts, but yes, the first step is making them. That's my problem. So, <laughs> yep. 
the first step in all acting in all of our ideas. Right. I feel like my piece of news is not as exciting and on a very different tangent from what you just shared, Miguel. <laughs> but okay, hear me out. PewDiePie, you know who PewDiePie is, right? Yes. I think he's not the most subscribed to YouTube channel anymore, but he was for a time. A long time, yeah. Yeah. And he does, he's still like way up there as one of the most like popular YouTubers, right? So he recently moved to Japan. And I read this article on the Japan Times talking about how they expect him moving there and him vlogging that experience of him like being in this honeymoon phase of moving to Japan and like loving life there, like finding it really exciting. They think that's going to lead to an increase in tourism for the country and that it's going to be like a really important part of the economy coming back once travel opens up again there and things like that. And I just, to me, it was just this example of how, what an impact creators can have. Yeah on things outside of the creator economy. This is like Japan's economy in general right. that we're talking about here. And I personally have been watching all of his moving vlogs and loving them. And so, and it, they have been making me want to go back to Japan. So I get it. I, I see it. <laughs> Japan is on my travel list. I have surprised, I have not traveled internationally yet. And Japan is the first place you want to go? Japan and London is like, I want to go mm. to Tokyo. So I love Tokyo street fashion. It's such an inspiration to me. I am just... I'm not afraid of flying, but I don't enjoy flying. So like Fair. I will fly, but like I'm not having a good time. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really worth it. <laughs> yeah. The idea of being on a plane for like 12 hours plus, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. It makes sense, right? Like, a, but like the fact that a creator gets to the point where they are part of popular culture. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's a phenomenon that's happened so many times. Like I think in the 80s when Top Gun came out, the fact that Top Gun came out made a lot of people sign up for the Air Force yeah. because they wanted to fly a fighter pilot, be able to be a fighter pilot. Yeah. So it makes sense when like when media makes something cool, people start paying attention to that thing. So yeah, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's cool. As long as people, you know, go and respect the culture and yeah. respect Japan and be cool about it. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Agreed. And like, well, while we're talking about hubs and things, obviously Tokyo, London, the two you've called out as two places to travel to. I know, right? Definitely creative hubs. I know. And maybe we'll touch on the fact that visiting those places can be inspiring, you know, as the creator. But let's get into it. Let's talk about this idea of being successful when you don't live in a main hub. Mm -hmm. Where does this sit for you, Whitney? Like, is it something that you've felt, you ever felt like, oh, maybe I should be somewhere else if I want to make it in fashion I should be in one of these like fashion capital cities yeah I mean well growing up I'm from Kansas City Missouri so if y'all say I'm from Kansas those are fighting words wait did I say you were from Kansas <laughs> you did but I'm just saying for the viewers and the listeners it's a difference the, the city yep. of Kansas City is in Missouri it's the thing we don't know why <laughs> it's law but the metropolitan area we are here Kansas City and St. Louis are the two big cities of Missouri so mm-hmm. but growing up here You just think like, I got to get out of here to make anything happen. Mm. You in the middle of America. Thankfully, I'm not in rural Missouri, like, (laughs) and that's not shade, but like, you just think like, I have to get out of here to kind of make something happen because while we were growing up, I mean, internet wasn't what it is now. We were always at least two years behind on stuff. So information and trends and all that stuff was not getting here as quickly. And so it's kind of nice to be able to like have those, like both experiences of that, but you do feel like I got to get out of here. And especially being in fashion. I mean, I still get asked like, when are you leaving? When are you leaving? And it's like, 
I don't feel like I have to leave anymore. And I definitely, I have a piece about it. Not that I'm like, oh, I won't be successful elsewhere. I guess I might as well make the best of what I got. I really feel like I'm supposed to be here. And Mm. what I'm doing here is important. And hopefully the people after me that decide to be creatives here, hopefully I have helped make it a little easier or make it, you know, like, yes, this is something that's possible. I love that. Yeah, that's something I noticed in looking at your, uh, like the press page on your website, for example, it seems like the local community is something you're very involved with. Yeah. Like, I don't know, tell us more about that. How have you embraced living in KC as part of your career? Not just like tolerated it or dealt with it, but it really does seem like you've embraced it. Yeah, I mean, KC is a little big city and I have a lot of family. And so I have a lot of family that they are big personalities. A lot of people know a lot of them. And so- you know, it's home. It's kind of just like, why not? I think a big part of the reason too, it was like, when I graduated high school, it was recession time. Mm. And, you know, a lot of these big market crashes and everything kind of happened. So it was like, we were in a space of, okay, you got to stay home because that makes the best sense. But as I was going through school and kind of learning about different organizations and foundations and grant opportunities and galleries and stuff, it's like, okay, I can kind of create my own world. It's also the delusion of being young, of being like, I'm gonna build my own business. But I think at least thankfully, I was realistic about it because I was like, if I can start my base here where I can afford a studio, living, a car, have my pup, you know, all those things, then I can do it anywhere. Because to me, I feel like if I can make it in KC and and I can make it within my community and outside of my community, I can, I'm good. I can make it anywhere. And really those first, I would say the first three to four years of my career, and this is even while I was still in college, was just about creating my name and my brand within the community. Because the fashion industry that's here is strong, but it was in infancy when I was starting out. So it's kind of nice because like I've kind of been able to grow up with a lot of people. I feel like we are like a class. And so it was just like, okay, if I can make it here, I can do anything because this was such a new idea to Kansas City for fashion designers to even want to like have a fashion week or do shows or things like that. So to kind of be on like the ground level with a lot of those things that got started is like really cool. And after a while, people know you, they kind of put two and two together and it makes it easier to just kind of keep reaching and reaching out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like one of the reasons people go to these hubs is because there's a lot of community there and a lot of people Mm -hmm. that they can connect with. And then you can make those connections and you can grow faster. Right. But a lot of those communities probably didn't used to exist or maybe were hard to find because the only way to connect with people was to bump into them, to know them, to call them on the phone. But now with the internet, everyone can find everyone and you don't have to go to a place to find people. You can just find people. Exactly. And I mean, Kansas City is a art city. I mean, we are like one of the birthplaces of jazz, you know, and like we have all these like amazing art institutions. Kansas City Art Institute is like a top ranking fine arts college. So it's like we have the pieces here. It was just like fashion. Hmm. We didn't think about creating fashion here. And I mean, it's a little kickback because, too, sometimes it's like you can make fashion, but like if you're in Kansas City, you should be doing it to the taste of Kansas City. I'm doing some real off the wall, 20 colors in one dress. Tokyo street style. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing some <laughs> some stuff that people is like, 
so you're from here you're born and raised and that's what you thought of and it's like (laughs) why not well how was that something you thought of how did that come to be your style something that we pulling from the creator story that our workmate Issa wrote about you yeah the tagline was not even the slow-paced fashion world of the midwest (laughs) could keep Whitney Manny from dreaming big and creating freely boldly and brightly and that free bold and bright perfectly described for me what you create yeah in your fashion designs where'd that come from (laughs) it is a very calm city I mean people are popping off a little bit more now but you know neutral stripes we love them and there's a place for that but I just felt like everybody's already said enough in that lane Hmm. what's my lane and like two like I as a person I don't feel my best self in a lot of that just personal style wise I think a big thing for me, too, is like growing up, like music is such a big thing for me. I mean, I'm not a musician, (laughs) but it's a big part of my studio practice. And, you know, growing up and listening to music and like just how people dress themselves. And I was obsessed with music videos, obsessed with Barbie, obsessed with packaging. All of that stuff is big, bold, over the top and fun. And I think that that just kind of carried over and you know, 90s and early 2000s hip hop and just what the culture was doing. And, you know, even though the internet wasn't like amazing and we had dial up forever, I love magazines. And so my mama, when she worked for the airlines, like when I was in high school, her leftover mouth, she would subscribe me to any and every magazine that I would want. And like when we would go to the grocery store, that's the aisle you would find me in, like looking through Mm -hmm. all the 17s and (laughs) teen people and all that stuff. Like, and so to me, I'm like, I'm still, I'm getting that outside influence just in a different way. But just being this, it feels natural. It feels like it makes sense to me. I don't know. And my family, they are some sharp dressers. They, I mean, <laughs> they can do it for real. So I definitely grew up watching them. Um, they all have amazing personal style. And I just think it's something that just comes natural. It's something that comes from my culture. And just thankfully, nobody said, wouldn't you rather just like blend in a little bit? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just rather like look like everybody else and calm and normal? Thankfully, nobody did that. As I got into high school and, you know, had a little bit of spending money and I could go and get and do and save for whatever, it just, it kind of, it got a little louder. (laughs) But clothing is such a big self-expression and it's such a um, confidence. I have found my self-confidence and my voice through it. So it's very intentional to me. Do you think there's part of it where, like, I'm not saying this is like what we can pin your success on or anything, but yeah. you do stand out so much compared to the general fashion that was happening in KC that you were so different. I kind of feel like that's part of embracing where you're from, right? Is embracing yeah. your differences compared to it, other people where you're from. Embracing your differences because I am Kansas City through and through. I'm from here. I love it here. I lived in Arizona. I lived in Phoenix, Arizona for three years when I was in high school. And I do think that that helped also because mm. I went to an arts high school. And so Phoenix is it's a little more fast paced. It's a little more to be exposed to. And I was coming home almost every other weekend. Shout out to my mama for working at the airline because I was on them buddy passes all the time. But <laughs> but to be able to kind of have like compare both worlds to have grown up in KC, do a little bit of growing up in Arizona and then be like, okay, I'm gonna come back home. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna do this. And it's gonna be fly and it's gonna be good. I think it helps in just being okay. But see, the thing is, is I'm so comfortable being 
not normal because I'm six foot. I've always been taller than everybody. So that's a weird thing that's always been about me. I'm very clumsy. That's a weird. So I've always been like, okay with it. I've been called weird so long about different little things that it's like, what else y'all got to say? Yeah, you embrace it. Nothing can hurt me at this point. It's either it's going to work or I try again. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Love that. I used to think that coming from New Zealand was holding me back in my success as a creator. And I think it actually wasn't until, because I actually did leave New Zealand and move to a creative hub. I left and moved to London mm-hmm. in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I do really feel like being there helped my creative career take off, mm-hmm. but not because I was in that city. It was more from the confidence that I found in yeah. that maybe I needed to leave where I was from to truly realize like what parts of, about it made me special, you know? Yeah. And now I'm kind of like, I think it's cool that I'm from New Zealand, that I've got this yeah. accent and that people are like, where are you from? Are you from London? Oh, your <laughs> accent is so good. Oh my goodness. Yes. That is amazing. Now, I wish I had an accent. I'm like, I just sound so normal. <laughs> Very, I don't know. I'm like, y'all are so cool. Yeah. Well, if you move to London, then you would be the person with the accent. So yeah, there we go. That's true. I got to go somewhere super yeah. different. <laughs> it's so funny though. Like when, when we lived in Arizona, everybody thought that I sounded so country. I'm like, <laughs> I'm from the Midwest. Like, no, I'm, they're like, why do you, y'all, who says y'all? I'm like, what? <laughs> don't hurt my heart now. Come on. <laughs> And two, the thing that I love about being based in KC is that I have genuinely built this thing from the ground up. I can have Mm. complete ownership of what this business, what my studio practice has looked like, because it was a lot of figuring out. I mean, a lot of us have figured it out as we've gone along the way. And it's like we didn't necessarily have somebody here to be like, how did you do X, Y and Z? It was a lot of a lot of trial and error. And to be able to get to this point and be like, this is something that I truly designed, essentially, is very, very empowering as well. Was there ever a time when you hit some struggles or, I don't know, didn't have the traction that you wanted and you felt like, do I got to do it? Do I have to pick up, move to LA where I know my style like is going to fit in super well there? People are going to love it. Did you have that moment? Oh, totally. I mean, that probably almost happens once a month, though, still. Mm. But when you do, it's like, okay, I'm fine with being in KC. And I I haven't had that in a while. I would say, I think when it was the times where I was really trying to just figure out, like, what does this system look like for me as far as I'm creating, I'm marketing, I'm designing, I'm constructing. All the things. All the things, yeah. So it's like, what do I need to let go of? first of all, because that's too much. And I'm still figuring that out right now. But then also like, okay, you moved to LA, then what? Mm. There's literally 50 other yous there. There's only one you here. That is an advantage to be able to like have the space and the time to, to flex that out. Because to me, if I move to LA or New York, I'm going to be so worried about just surviving that I feel like I wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. dedicate the time and brain power that I need to be a creative. And I have to be honest about that. I worry so much about everything. I worry about even being able to take care of myself in the Midwest. I mean, and just with the state of the world right now, I think everybody's head is kind of like, what the heck is going on? But I know that for me, if I was in a bigger city, I think I would be too scared because first of all, I'll be like, there's hundreds of me here. 
that are trying to make it, trying to, you know, break into it. The bigger thing is, is that because I am in the Midwest, I have to give myself grace and acknowledge that maybe this is going to take a little bit more time than it would some of my peers that are on the coast. But also, I'm not not achieving things either. Oh, yeah. The credits are there. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm also like the longevity. I'm able to have longevity. I feel like also it's not like a quick spark and boom and fizzle. Yeah. And then now you're trying to figure out how to create the next wave. I feel like I've been able to create a steady pace thing, but because I have the space and I'm sitting here, this is the biggest studio I've ever had. This is a 50 by 15 space. I wouldn't be able to afford nothing like this on the coast and have a, a separate place to live and, you know, like, and have all the machines that I need. You know, it's like, I'm able to really build a fashion house and that's, important to me. Absolutely. And do it in a way that, like you said, is sustainable for you as well. So you're not having to like, just stress constantly about about where the next thing's coming from. But okay, you mentioned credits just then. And so something really cool, because I really enjoyed this show. And I was very excited when when you were on it. Your work was recently featured in Ballet, which is for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's like a a reboot, a remake kind of of Fresh Prince. A retelling. Retelling. I like it. Yeah. How did that come to be that your work was featured on Bel-Air? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just thankful it happened. It wasn't something that was like a, hey, designers, artists, apply. We want to see your work. It was no open call, no nothing. I had already knew I was going to watch the show because Morgan Cooper, the creator, he is from Kansas City, Missouri as well. There we go. Like, the, the original trailer that then inspired them to greenlight the project, I was like, bet this is going to be cool. Like, we're going to watch this. It's going to be awesome. KC doing big things. And so um, I knew that the show was premiering in February of this year. So I got the call in August of last year. And Again, like I said, I've been telling y'all, I thought somebody was trolling me because it was <laughs> the day after my birthday. And so I thought, I was like, somebody's messing with me, trying to be funny. Sitting in the studio, I just got a text from the costume designer at the time. Like, we're interested in your work. We would love to pull pieces for the character Ashley Banks. So once I like cross-checked their name and made sure like, okay, this is a, a real person. <laughs> this is legit, yeah. <laughs> they are a union costume designer. Okay, let's chit-chat. and. I had like a week and a half to get everything ready. Thankfully, they went through my website and was like, this is the stuff we like. Whatever you have, send it. If you can tailor it, great. If not, just send it. It was like a 25 pound box of stuff. And, you know, it's a trip because you're addressing something and it's going to the Universal Studios lot. How cool. Like, how crazy (laughs) is that? I'm like, what? And, you know, you're sending an invoice and, it's like, okay. And I, I had to also, really, I was really nervous. I almost didn't, I won't say that I almost didn't do it, but I had to be okay with, okay, if you send this, there's a chance that nothing gets used and you never see mm-hmm. this stuff again. Is that worth it? Mm-hmm. Is the gamble worth it? And is that really a gamble? Because my goodness, for them to even think to text my number is, a blessing, but I had to be okay with that. Like, at least you got the chance. And so sent it off. I had to force myself to forget about it because I didn't want to, you know, (laughs) worry myself all night about it until the premiere. And it was like New Year's Eve of 2021. They paid my invoice. 
and stuff, which was so funny because the stuff's been gone for a while now. But I'm like, it's fine. It's worth it. I don't care. And so I'm sitting there. It's like New Year's Eve. We cooking, getting ready. And it's like NBC Universal paid your invoice. I was like, what the heck? I took a screenshot. I was like, that is so cool. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, okay, they're keeping it. I guess, you know, it's from this point, from September to December, I had, I heard nothing and that was it. I was scrolling through Instagram because they were doing previews for each character. And so the character, Lisa Wilkes, I watched it. I'm like, oh, fun, cute. I was like, oh, that's a cute scarf she got on. Didn't think nothing else of it. Kept scrolling. And I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) That looks familiar. (laughs) That looks familiar. Hold up. So I go back, I go to Bel Air's page. And I watch it again because I'm like, I designed that scarf. That's my fabric, like that I painted. That's my thing. And I'm like, okay, we in there. I got a credit. Like, and it's yes. to me, I was like, if they only use one scarf out of that whole box, Whitney Manny was on Bel Air. Like, that's more than a lot of people can say. I'm like, even if they would have said used it as a dish rag. Oh, well, like (laughs) it's still on there. Yeah. Do whatever you feel like it's still on there. So it ended up one top, two scarves, two pairs of earrings got used. So they still got the box. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting asked for season two. I'm manifesting it, but let's put it out there. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If I do, if I don't, it's still a huge milestone because that's not something that was on my radar as a, even an option for me, because I'm like, I'm not on the coast, mm. you know, how would they even think to know that, to look for my work? So do you think any of it came from the, was it the creator of the show you said is from KC? Could they have pointed them in your way? You know what? I have never met Morgan and I do not know him. I think we're the same age. So we within like the same age group. We, I know people that he knows. And so I don't think that he knows, knew my work before this, but I do know that he made a big effort to include a lot of Kansas City artists. So a lot of the music you hear in the background is from Kansas City musicians. A lot of the paintings that are in the, in the homes, those are by KC artists. Aunt Viv's character is a painter. And so all of those paintings, those are by a KC artist. And so it's just great. Nobody said anything. <laughs> to each other so it was like when everything was coming out we were like wait you in it to you and so that was <laughs> that was awesome because I honestly I was not gonna say anything until the season was over because I am so like no like I gotta know I want to make sure because I don't know I just I was like I don't want to be embarrassed if like nothing mm-hmm. got included or if it was only one thing and like am I making a big deal da, 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 da. everybody don't make it to tv yeah it is a big deal. I got to acknowledge it. You do. And it does sound like the KC community was represented really well in that show. And that yes. like comes again from what you were saying about building the community where one doesn't exist naturally, like taking the effort to do that. Yeah. And like, look what can come of it, right? When we look back to where we came from and bring up artists and, and creative folks from there too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really important thing to keep in mind as, as creators, when we get into positions where we have influence over where we can draw inspiration from, or if you can bring in other creators. Yeah. Like, like, I love the fact that they decided 
to, they could have just as easily just pulled from LA people. Mm -hmm. It it probably would have been simpler. It probably would have been a lot more to choose from. They could have just gone down the street. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they, they took the extra effort to be like, no, we're going to, we're going to pull from somewhere else. And you know, that also brings in new ideas and new looks and like, because yeah. the, the problem with everybody being in one place is that everybody starts to kind of like mimic each other in some ways mm-hmm. and everything gets washed out. And then everybody is like you said before, everybody is to use the metaphor, walking around wearing stripes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything turns into neutrals and stripes. And then people who want stuff like yours, they're like, they don't even think about it because it's not even in anyone's radar. So. Right. And that's so true of like any opportunity to be able to bring people on. Like we, well, UPS is picking it up today, finally finished, Mm -hmm. but a big production job, like a prop building job for um, a fast food chain. I'll just say that, but we needed a team and to be able to like call people I know and be like, Hey, do you want to help with this? Like, come on, I got you like this is and then, you know, we're working on another production project that's due next week and to be able to hire more people for that and to design for that is just an amazing opportunity. I mean, and these are like huge things you cannot say no to prime time kind of like opportunities and to be able to like call people I went to school with or like family and everything else and be like, come on, let's get to it. It's just an amazing opportunity to be able to be in this place now. Yeah. And to be able to be the one who is like giving back yeah. to the community that you've built as well. Yeah. Maybe let's close with some advice that you have for creators who don't live in a main creative hub and they're yeah. feeling this pressure, right? They're feeling like I cannot succeed or maybe like is the best thing I can do for myself to move to one of these places. What advice do you have for them building a creative career in their own city? Yeah. You know what? And to be honest, going to school here did help. But Mm -hmm. I would say education does not have to be the route, first of all. But there are nuanced communities everywhere. It just takes a little bit of digging, a little bit of talking. Probably if you are feeling like, oh, there's no hope, nine times out of 10, you are not getting out there enough. Mm -hmm. So you do got to talk to some people. You got to make some phone calls. You have to show up to events. And no matter how big or how small, it does take hitting the ground talking to people, introducing yourself, and of course, building your social media as you go. A big chunk of my time though, my biggest community on Instagram was KC people. Hmm. But once that kept growing and got to a certain point, then everybody else started showing up. So don't discount the people that surround you though. Like I think as creatives that are in smaller markets or not traditional markets, we kind of like, uh, These are not the people that I want to make for. No, they're important because maybe they might not purchase your work, but they probably got family all over this country or all over the world. Mm. And so you never know when they might refer you to somebody else. So be nice, be a part of the community, be nice, show up, try to be a part of as many things as possible. Very early in my career, I definitely said yes to everything because I wanted to decide what I did or did not like. Mm. And that was the only way to kind of get that in there. And, you know, tried it once. If I hated it, don't do it again, sis. You know, like (laughs) that's all that you can do. And got to the point where, you know, I did enough KC Fashion Weeks and St. Louis Fashion Weeks to where, okay, what would a Whitney Manny show look like? A self-produced show look like? Let's try it. Because I am in this smaller city, I can call up a gallery and be like, 
can I use this space for two weeks and make it happen? So don't be afraid to like dig in and do the work to also create your own opportunities. Because if somebody says, no, we can't do this right now, or no, you're not a part of this show, those rejection letters, they're going to keep rolling in no matter how flying popping you get. Okay, how can I go ahead and create this opportunity for myself? I think you got to have the get up and go with itness to kind of create those things for yourself. And we are in a self-production world right now. I mean, look at us right now. Oh, yeah. We popping up on the camera and our headphones and we got us a show happening. Oh, yeah. So you really do have to think about, okay, what opportunities that exist in my community that I can take advantage of? But what is that one opportunity that I could create for myself this year? And I can do it so well that people are like, okay, we paying attention to this person. Boom. 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 Love it. <laughs> Love it. Great advice, Whitney. Uh, hopefully anyone listening has <laughs> been feeling like, you know, I was you know, several years ago in New Zealand yeah. feeling like, what am I doing here? I hope that was the dose of inspiration you needed. So we like to end our shows with a shout out. And yeah. I thought, Whitney, we could shout out something that you've uh, done recently that you have coming up. I don't know. Yeah. What comes to mind? What are you proud of recently? Aside from your work being featured on Bel Air, you know. Yeah, I have no idea what, <laughs> what is going on. <laughs> well, I am so excited. I have started a partnership with Velcro Brand. Nice. So that's been going well, creating content. I'm very excited about that. I'm excited that I've been able to hire people to help me and I've been able to pay them and the lights still click on when I come in every day. My website relaunched. I'm excited about that. It's beautiful. I hired somebody for that. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm just, I'm just grateful that the phone is still ringing. The emails are coming in. I was in the Kansas City Royals commercial recently. So that was cool. I get to throw the first pitch next month at a game. So (laughs) That's cool. I'm gonna have to dig back to my athletic days. I've been practicing, but (laughs) yeah, you know, just I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to just be hopefully be a resource for the community and just keep it going. I love how you started that by saying, I don't know what has been going on, and then just (laughs) was able to rattle off a bunch of great things. But I know if anyone wants to check out that newly relaunched website, head to WhitneyManny.com. We'll link it in the show notes. And uh, what's your Instagram handle, Whitney? Where should people follow you there? I am Whitney Manny. That is W-H-I-T-N-E-Y-M-A-N-N-E-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is like very random, very random thoughts, but a streamlined. It's pretty, it's pretty cute and fun over there. So at Whitney Manny on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. I'm on Facebook as well with the business page. And yeah. Check Whitney out and check out all the cool stuff, especially the earrings. I think they're my favorite. The ones yes. that like dropped. Very, very cool. They're about to retire too. So Ooh, get in quick. Okay. Okay. Get it while you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that website is looking pretty nice. I gotta say. Thank you. I got a couple of little small things to kind of clean up, but yeah, I'm happy with how it looks. I'm sure you're the only one that notices it. I am. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Whitney and Miguel. What do we have coming next week? Next week, I will be talking about budgeting as a creator and uh, specifically trying to tackle the question of, you know, how much money should you be spending on your side hustle? And should you go all in or who knows? Tune in next week to find out. And Miguel won't be talking about that by himself. I'm sure Whitney's got some thoughts. She got some thoughts about that. (laughs) Budgeting and taxes are terrifying words for us. So, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so please tune in and hopefully we can give you everyone some advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here and thanks for everything, Whitney. And uh, we will see everyone next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.